Hello and welcome everyone to Soccer 101. My name is Taylor Rockwell and on this week's show we're going to be taking a look at a pretty basic question without that basic of an answer. Why are there 11 players on a soccer team? We've done Soccer 101 episodes on certain rules and how they came to be, what the numbers on the shirts themselves signify, but I've honestly never thought about the number of players on the field until about two days ago when I decided this should be a topic. It's a thing even the most casual of soccer fans know. Soccer is 11 on 11. Gary Lineker would argue it's 11 on 11 and then the Germans win. I would amend that to more modern times and go with it's 11 on 11 and then whoever employs Kylian Mbappe wins. But why is it 11? How did that seemingly random number become the bedrock upon which the sport is built? It's definitely not a burning question. It's not even a particularly useful question, if I'm being honest. But it is the type of question that someone, usually my wife, maybe one day my daughter, will ask, and I will sort of start to answer thinking I know and then realize I do not. So hopefully by the end of this episode, you will be able to have a concise answer. Hopefully I will as well. Let's start in the early days of the game. Football in its earliest forms was a little like the Wild West. There were some general guidelines for behavior, no hard and firm rules, violent behavior was not necessarily a problem, and mustaches were everywhere. But even in those days, 11 versus 11 seemed to be the norm. In fact, the first attempt to play a game with standardized rules took place in 1846 and featured 11 old Harrovians playing 11 old Etonians. Football of the 19th century was incredibly localized. In London, it was played in boarding schools and in universities where each school would have their own set of sort of guidelines as opposed to hard and firm written down rules. This, however, changed in 1845 when the first set of rules was produced by rugby school. That may sound like the title to a 1990s Chris Farley movie that I absolutely would have paid to see, but it's actually a boarding school that was founded in 1567. In addition to writing down the rules for football, can you guess what other sport rugby school is credited with founding? That's right, it's freestyle breakdancing. No one saw that one coming. Other schools followed suit, and we soon had a lot of different sets of rules utilized by lots of different private schools, all of whom assumed theirs to be superior because private school. So when one school would play another, disagreements over which particular set of rules to utilize were common. And in terms of the differences from one school to the next, we are not talking what was or wasn't an indirect free kick or should this be a yellow card. Here's a good explainer from David Goldblatt's The Ball is Round. Quote, The major conflict in these discussions arose from the division between those schools that had created a primarily kicking and dribbling game, uh, Harrow, Eton, Charterhouse, and Winchester, and those that involved more extensive handling of the ball, end quote. Not surprisingly, rugby school fell into that latter category. There was also considerable debate about hacking and whether deliberately targeting an opponent's shins might limit the widespread popularity of the game. Of course, the concern was if you take out hacking, is it still as manly and masculine of a game? I'm glad it didn't exist back then. Uh, This all eventually led to the creation of the Football Association, an organization composed of those same Englishmen from those same prep schools and universities. When the laws of the game were first codified in 1870, the number of players per team was not specifically detailed, but it was generally accepted that games would be 11 versus 11. Those numbers became an official part of the rules in 1897 when it was determined that there would be 
be 11 players per team, one of whom would be a goalkeeper in a, quote, fixed position, uh, which is a way of saying he was only able to use his hands in one half of the field as opposed to wherever he felt like it. But that's how things developed in London. Over this same time period, local clubs were popping up all over Britain. And of course, they too were using rules systems unique to their particular areas of operation. Credit in particular goes to Sheffield. When Sheffield Football Club first organized in 1857, it faced two problems. The first, it had no one else to play. That makes sense. The solution, they organized games between members, with the sides usually consisting of married men versus unmarried men. Secondly, the second biggest issue, they had no set of rules for how to play the game. The solution there was to write down some rules. They did exactly that in 1858, and they put in two biggies. The first was the offside rule, which meant that forward passing was now allowed. Hooray for that. The second was that teams would consist of a maximum of 11 players. There we go. It's written down. It's 1858. But those rules only applied for the Sheffield clubs. Other organizations used different rules until the FA became the controlling body for the sport and insisted on incorporating the codified rules that were mentioned earlier. However, with all of these clubs and organizations playing with different styles and different rules in different spaces, the principle of 11 versus 11 seemed to be the unofficial standard, which begs the question, if everything else was so varied, why would that one particular aspect be so consistent? Like, if we're arguing over should we be allowed to use our hands and run with the ball, and that's the big debate, it kind of blows my mind that they very quickly were like, well, we all know it's going to be 11 aside, but let's figure out all these other minor details. Like, that seems to be the commonality. And now that we've laid down that groundwork, let's get into some of the possible explanations for why 11 aside became standard. First, a quick reminder that we are still doing our stereo live shows. Uh, Joe and Jordan will be doing one later today, 5 p.m. They're going to be taking all of your MLS questions you might have about the looming MLS season. Uh, you can f- download the stereo app uh, and find that show there. It's going to be a good time. They're going to answer your questions. Uh, very much appreciate all things stereo app. Uh, and we'll be doing more shows next week as well. But for now, let's get back to figuring out these numbers. Like I said earlier, there isn't one concrete explanation for how 11 aside became the norm. There are a few different possibilities, some of which I'm going to mention here. My favorite, uh, but also the one that is least likely to be true because I cannot tell if it was actually the case is that uh, the dormitories for many of these upper-class schools and universities tended to house 11 students. So a house, 11 students, if that house was going to play another house from the same university, you'd want everyone to play, and you'd want equal numbers, so why not? It makes sense, except that, one, I have no idea if that's actually the number of students per dorm or how standard that housing ratio would have been, and two, it doesn't explain why working-class towns far away from London would have had those same numbers. The most common explanation that I found, and the one that I probably would have opted for and tried to explain if I were asked this by my wife or daughter, was that it's basically trial and error. Teams would have experimented with different squad sizes until it was eventually determined that 11 versus 11 was ideal. It allowed teams to cover enough of the pitch without overcrowding, and it seems like the most likely, therefore correct answer. But... I am not buying it, and here are the reasons why. Uh, Firstly, even in the modern game, we don't have set field sizes. For official international competitions, fields can be 110 yards long at a minimum, 120 yards long at a maximum, 70 yards wide at minimum, 80 yards wide at maximum. That's for international games. For non-fancy games, FIFA guidelines are a length between 100 and 130 yards and a width of between 50 and 100 yards. And if you're telling me that 11 aside is as ideal for a field that 
that is 50 yards wide and 100 yards long as it is for a field that is 90 yards wide and 130 yards long, I'm disagreeing with you. And that's just with the modern conventions. There would not have been nearly that level of standardization back then. Secondly, as we already discussed, there was much debate about what the sport should actually look like until the FA took over. Some wanted it to be more physical, some wanted handling to be incorporated, some wanted one goalkeeper, and some wanted three. Yes, that's real. Some people wanted three goalkeepers. Jose Mourinho nodding approvingly. All of these different groups had different arguments for why the sport should be played the way they saw fit, and it stands to reason that widespread variation in approach would have also manifested in the number of players utilized. If you want more violence in the game, you want as many bodies as possible running around. If you're going to an NASCAR race to watch a crash, if you're hoping a crash happens, it's more likely that's going to happen if there are 50 cars as opposed to five. And while there were some games that were 10 versus 10 or 12 versus 12, for the most part, it was 11 aside from the jump. Lastly, I'm not sure the timeline for 11 aside to have become widespread makes a lot of sense. If we're saying the first games of football, as is recognizable to us today, took place in, say, the 1830s, and the first set of unofficial rules were agreed upon in the 1860s, that's not that much time for a new sport to become widespread to the extent that rule clarifications are necessary. And since, as we've already seen, teams were almost uniformly playing with 11 players before 1863, that trial and error period becomes almost too short to be possible. And that brings us to the explanation that I think makes the most sense and will be my standard from now on. I think 11 aside being so common in so many different areas indicates that inspiration came from a pre-existing activity that the majority of the population would have at least known something about. Put it this way, if I ask you to create something from nothing, it will be a unique creation with lots of different rules, and it will look wholly distinct from someone else's creation. But if you're all pulling from something that already exists, you might keep a few of the basics and tweak some others. Does J.R.R. Tolkien come up with the idea of a giant scaly monster hoarding a kingdom's gold if he hasn't already read Beowulf? Probably not. And I think football's Beowulf, at least when it comes to the number of players on the pitch, is cricket. Which, I should note, also features 11 players per team. This is where I'm going to pause to very clearly state that I know nothing about cricket. I don't know if the people who play it are called players or cricketers, though I will be calling them cricketers. I don't know if you have 11 on a team or a side. I am pretty sure you wear white and that the dad from Bedit Like Beckham was a fan. That's about it. With that disclaimer stated, as far as I can tell, the number of cricket players on the field does relate to the size of the playing area. The earliest known instance of cricket being played was in 1687, with a report stating a cricket match had been played, quote, the middle of last week in Sussex with 11 of a side, and they played for 50 guineas apiece, end quote. Cricket having an extra 200 years for rules to become commonplace makes that concept more possible. Over 200 years, you have different numbers, you have different styles, and eventually you come to sort of the commonality, the agreed-upon number, and then soccer piggybacks off that one. That's sort of my idea for it. But the main argument for cricket being the inspiration for the number of players on a football pitch is that a lot of football clubs were founded by already existing cricket clubs. When football was first gaining popularity, cricket was already established as the most popular sport in Britain. However, cricket is primarily a summer game, and cricket clubs wanted an activity that would keep their players fit and ready for the start of the season. So a fall-winter sport was ideal enter football. And since there are 11 players on a cricket field, if you're trying to bring in a sport to keep those 11 players in shape in the offseason, you're probably going to want a sport to also have 11 players on the field. And 
Kind of cool. By my math, that also means that cricket might be responsible for the calendar of many modern football leagues. MLS, which has no cricket but does have American football in the fall, went the opposite direction. But I do love the idea of cricket in the summer, and then the Premier League starts in August. A couple more points in favor of cricket being the inspiration for 11-a-side numbers. Many of the football games at this time would have been played on cricket fields, as they would have been a ready source of available land. The first unofficial match between England and Scotland was played in 1870 at the Oval, a cricket ground in Kennington in London, which is today still the home of Surrey County Cricket Club. And the first official international football match took place in 1872 and saw Scotland play England. Such variation. Uh, Played to a nil-nil draw at Hamilton Crescent, a cricket ground in Glasgow, which remains the home of the West Scotland Cricket Club. So if you're already playing on a cricket field, and that field usually has 11 players, why not just keep that number and roll with it? Also, as mentioned in a previous episode of Soccer 101, many football clubs in England and abroad were founded by cricket players or cricket teams. Members of the Wednesday Cricket Club founded Sheffield Wednesday in 1867, while Sheffield United started off life as Sheffield United Cricket Club in 1889. AC Milan was originally founded as Milan Cricket and Football, foot Dash Ball Club in December 1899 by two English expats. If you've ever wondered why they're called Milan and not Milano, uh, which is what Italians would call the city, it's because they kept the anglicized name as an homage to their founders. Genoa FC is actually called Genoa Cricket and Football Club to this day. They were also founded by Englishmen. If you're wondering why they have an English flag on their crest, that would be why. Italians weren't even allowed to play for that club when it was first founded. That's not the case for Napoli, who were co-founded by two Englishmen, and as you guessed it, were originally named Naples Football and Cricket Club. And I should probably clarify at this point, I'm not saying that cricket clubs created football. I'm saying that when cricket clubs were looking for other activities that would have kept their athletes performing in the off months, an increasingly popular game that had no set rules and allowed for adjustment as needed might have been the perfect fit. And since football would have been so disorganized at the time, maybe some groups then were playing with nine players, maybe some were playing with 12, but if you're coming in as a cricket club and you need 11 players to stay fit, well, let's just make that team 11 aside for now, and it all works out. Given that American football, soccer, field hockey, and rugby all generally have 11 players on the field at once, I'm also thinking soccer might not be alone in owing cricket for its roster requirements. A couple more random things to note, and then we'll call this one a day. Until 1965, substitutions were not permitted in soccer, which meant the 11 you were starting with was the 11 you were finishing with. But until 1940, those two teams were not permitted to have overlapping numbers. There were concerns about it being too distracting or confusing. Confusing, and so one team wore 1 through 11, and the other had 12 through 22. We've talked about the maximum number of players. The minimum number a team is required to field is 7. If you go under that, it's an automatic forfeit. Espanol and Barcelona came close in 2003, when a total of 6 players, 3 from each team, were dismissed. Surprisingly, the sendings off all came from separate incidents as opposed to one big confrontation. Less surprisingly to American listeners, Rafa Marquez was one of the Barcelona players that was ejected. 
The crowning achievement in red cardom may go to the Battle of Bramall Lane, a 2002 second division game between West Brom and, somewhat fittingly, Sheffield United, who had three players sent off, two in relation to a 21-man melee, and then suffered two injuries after utilizing all their substitutions. So, three players sent off, they're down to eight, get a player injured, down to seven, one more player injured, allegations that maybe not that injured, but uh, that put them down to six players, the match was abandoned, West Brom were were awarded a 3-0 win, which had also been the scoreline at the time the game was called. Sheffield United later fined, but that's what happens when you go under the limit. Don't try to go over the limit either. That will get you into trouble as well. So to recap, 11 players maximum. One of them has to be a goalkeeper. Cricket probably gets the credit. Seven players minimum. Try not to get into any on-field brawls. Good stuff. And on that note, we've come to the end of another Soccer 101 episode. Hopefully you'll now be able to theoretically explain why soccer is 11 aside if one day you are asked. And that's what we're all about over here, theoretically preparing you for the unknown, possibly. Uh, please do submit your own ideas for Soccer 101 topics. You can do that to taylor at totalsoccershow.com. You can tweet them to the show if you prefer that format. But we really do love the suggestions, be they obvious or totally random or big questions that you're sort of embarrassed to ask somebody. We're happy to do our best to answer them. Uh, so thank you all very much for listening. I've been Taylor Rockwell. We'll talk to you all again next week. 